0: look, that's time to throw, there's an out deep, way downfield, by he's gonna
1: score, he's gonna to score touchdown for now, Jeff Morales Seth Morales, there are no flags the Boilermakers have taken the lead on a 64 yard strike, unbelievable
0: and they're showing blitz again they back out of the blitz toss it downfield, caught by Stubblefield goodbye Tanner Stubblefield, beat Dwight Ellis, and waltzes into the end zone, it covers
1: nine seven yards more in motion they get it to him more space of course to speed a place down for Purdue. he's still got it more touchback touchdown it is intercepted bailey the other way marcus bailey punctuates this upset with a pick six it is Tuesday, October thirty first, twenty twenty three. That's right. It is Halloween. Happy Halloween to everybody out there. I uh, hope everybody was safe trick or treating out there tonight. Um, Webby, any 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 costume for you this year?
0: No, it was a little too cold for us to really dress up. We sit outside and kind of see everybody come up to the house. Um, yeah, nothing really uh, that I could wear outside the the jacket this year.
1: No costume for me either. I was even, I was trying to put on a football helmet or something for this pod tonight, but uh, a little too tight on my head. I was like, hey, it's not worth the headache afterwards. So, <laughs> but I uh, did dress my dog up tonight for a couple hours. He he wasn't too thrilled by it. but he, he was, he went as uh we found him a costume of his favorite toy, which is a lamb chop. So... <laughs> He was a lamb chop for a little bit. I don't think he minded the costume as much as the hood part. When the hood went over his ears, he he wasn't having that. So we tried. We tried. But uh, nonetheless, hope everybody had a good Halloween or is having a good Halloween. And thanks for joining us tonight on the Boiler Breakdown podcast, which is brought to you by like it is every week, Mad Mushroom. And the shop, learn more about them later on in the pod. And we are streaming live on the Boiler Breakdown Facebook page, on our Twitter X page, and our YouTube channel. So subscribe, hit that notification bell, hit that like, hit the follow. Do all that good stuff if you haven't already at Boiler Break Pod on all social media platforms. So with that said, let's dive right into it. Uh, A theme that's become too common this year on the boiler breakdown podcast covering Purdue football losses yep. as the boilers fell in Lincoln, Nebraska on Saturday to Nebraska in a cold pretty miserable looking day mm-hmm. 31 to 14 um my opinion this is right up there with the Iowa loss in, in terms of frustration
0: yep it definitely i mean not a world beater by any teams by any means is Nebraska um you know going into it you know obviously it was If this team had any chance of making a bowl, it was going to have to be went out outside of the Michigan game next week. Um, And, yeah, it was just frustrating to, you know, coming off a bye, you know, hearing guys get healthy and just to kind of come out and kind of lay an egg, especially on the offensive side. I think defense is playing better. Um, I agree. But, yeah, just the offense, just inability to move the ball or put up points is pretty
1: frustrating. I mean, we were – Handed a gift 10 seconds into the game with a fumble recovery on the kick on the opening kickoff. Didn't even get attempt to kick field goal. We had to punt. That was a foreshadowing of how the day was going to go for the offense. Mm -hmm. It is just maddening. Like, like, like you said, I thought the defense played well enough. The defense kept Purdue in the game for the most part Mm -hmm. of special teams. hurt Purdue blocked a field goal for a touchdown, which Ryan Walters stated after the game and has stated since yesterday in his weekly Monday press conference that sounded like that was more of a bad snap and bad hold, and uh, Freehill never really had a chance on the kick. But still, that's part of the operation. Yep. Got to get that cleaned up. That is part of the game that Purdue just has not been good at this year is the kicking mm-hmm. game. Just has not been good at. Um, but bright spots, defense. Kydron Drinkens and That's Nick awesome. he, and Nick Scorton were both world beaters. Uh, Kaidron, of course, had uh, I think four. Oh, I, I got the box score here. I can I can look it up without without me speaking here. Uh, let's see here. What on the day he had uh, seven tackles, one assist, two sacks. Uh, one of those was a scoop and score, which he pretty much just took it out of the hands of Jeff Sims mm-hmm. and um, kept Purdue in it for a little bit. Uh, Nick Scorton had six tackles himself, half a sack. Then uh, Dylan uh um, was big who was ended up being Big Ten freshman of the week again. Uh seven tackles, including two forced fumbles. Mm-hmm. So which Nebraska fumbled four times.
0: Right. I mean if you go yeah, into it, if you told me Nebraska's gonna fumble four times, I like produce chances, but then obviously you obviously to the box score and it's like wasn't even close. I mean, really went until the end when, you know, we threw a touchdown and uh that like it kind of became respectable, but it really this game was kind of out of hand pretty early.
1: Just in Nebraska, got a good defense, arguably, oh, yeah. are at least, um, uh, in terms of rush defense, probably mm-hmm. the best in the Big Ten, if not, right mm-hmm. behind Michigan. Um, which Purdue didn't catch any breaks here with going back to back, pretty good defenses, yeah. Um, but you look at the box score, I mean, Hudson Card 16 for 32, 32 attempts for only 100 yards. Mm-hmm. One touchdown, two interceptions. Definitely wasn't his best day. Um, I mean, the offensive line struggles pretty much every game, but in the most for the most part, I thought they did all right mm-hmm. on Saturday. Um, I think, and Ryan Walters spoke about this. I think Hudson needs to trust the process a little bit more. Out there Mm -hmm. and have belief that his line's going to block and that his receivers are going to get open. But I can't really blame the guy because a lot of times when we see replays, guys aren't getting open anywhere.
0: Right. Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. This lack of playmakers is really hurting.
1: Lack of playmakers. And, and, you know, I am saying, okay, only completed 50% of his passes. Well, he had five, if not six, drops too. Uh, and most of those are for, were probably enough yardage for first downs. I mean, look at receiving. Jaden Dixon-Veal was the leading receiver with four catches for 38 yards and a touchdown. Nice to see him finally get in the end zone. Mm-hmm. T.J. Sheffield had four receptions for 28 yards. Garrett Miller, five for 26. He had a couple drops. wasn't his best day. Deion Burks, only two receptions for eight yards. And Tyron Tracy, two receptions for negative one yards. So that just that just, that just just won't cut it. That just won't cut it. Um. Rushing Devin Mockaby, 7 carries, 42 yards, but put on the ground once again. Uh, Tyron Tracy, 10 for 29, Hudson 11 for 22, and Dylan Downing, 1 for 3. Just nothing out of the offense. And and that's what's frustrating. I feel like this offense has been going in reverse ever since the end of September against Illinois.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you know, start of the year, it, wasn't, I mean, it was looking pretty good, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, the present's... Business- I thought Hudson played pretty well. Um, we didn't. Have, we didn't have a turnover for the, until the Wisconsin game. Um, but ever since, like you said, yeah, the calendar turned October. It's been to go on theme. It's been a nightmare.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just. It, and you know, I'm looking at our schedule, and unless we pull off the upset of the year in college football, a bowl game's not happening. Which is which is frustrating because, I mean, <laughs> you look at Purdue on on paper. Yeah, two and six, but. I feel like this team's definitely talented enough mm-hmm. to get to a bowl. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. Um, but I'm still trying to be optimistic. Okay, if we lose to Michigan, we're 2-7. I still think we could grab those last three games. Yeah. But we could also lose those last three games, lose the next 100%. four, and be 2-10. Yeah. and ten. I mean, there's no guarantee. I mean, those last three are probably going to be toss-ups. Um, I mean, the Bra- our Northwestern's playing a lot better football as of late. They're 4-4. Four and four. Indiana had their best showing, arguably their best showing of the year against Penn State. Mm -hmm. Now we'll see if they can replicate that Mm -hmm. um, going forward. Um, And then Minnesota, I mean, they should probably beat um, Illinois this week and they'll become bowl eligible. So, I mean, they're still in it for the West. Nebraska, who Purdue just lost to, they might be in the driver's seat to win (laughs) the West, which how fitting would that be? They finally win the West in the last year that it's – that it's going to be in right. its, its form, current form, but um, just, just very frustrating game on Saturday. I looking at Nebraska, uh, Herberg had he was only six for 11 for 122 yards, but he had two touchdowns, zero interceptions. And he had 19 carries, but only for 22 yards. So defense kept him in check for you know, a mobile co- quarterback. Emmett Johnson 13 carries for 76 yards, uh, nobody else really did anything. Then receiving. They gave up one big play. That was Jaden Lloyd's only interception in the game was a 73-yard touchdown. Um, and then offensive, or defense, of course, they had uh, two guys get interceptions. And uh, the box score is only showing one total sack for the Blackshirt mm. defense. So, um, yep, it was definitely there for, uh, I mean, Nebraska was trying to give it to Purdue. Anytime you put the ball... On the ground four times and your opposition recovers it all four times, that's usually formula for success. But mm-hmm. wasn't the case, and that's just going back to the offense. It's just the struggles, and it's it's not. I'm trying to give the staff benefit of the doubt because I think we can all see the personnel's not there, right? The talent's not there, but I still feel like, especially on offense, you can get more creative with your scheme. Right. To hide some of that. And I feel like Graham Harrell and the, and the offensive staff's not really doing that right now.
0: Yeah. It feels like they're just trying to like line it up and just like, all right, let's just, you know, play almost like play into the hands of the defensive, like, you know, you know, as if we had all those pieces, but we didn't, that's <clears throat> something that you can give Brom a lot of credit for was, you know, in those, especially those early years when we didn't really have the, the Rondell Moore's, right? makes we had a second year, but like the David bells and those types of players, you know, when the personnel was maybe lacking, he did get, you know, pretty creative with the play calling when we saw I mean an abundance of trick plays, especially his first year and kind of a little bit into his second year. So like just doing little things to try and keep the defense on their toes and you know change it. It's just either running it or trying to go over the middle or whatever. I mean I thought Hudson threw some pretty good deep balls just guy guys just couldn't couldn't get to him or or whatnot. But yeah, it's just that's probably yeah, probably the most frustrating thing is just the you know, lack of creativity and just lack of just overall offense. I mean, I mean, obviously when Harold came in, you know, we got excited because he was a, you know, going to be a million dollar coordinator for, for Purdue, which was you know a couple of years ago would have been unheard of.
1: I believe he's the first one in program history.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know, obviously like the air raid, and obviously they said it wasn't going to be just a you know throw it eighty times a game, but still you thought you know you know remember watching his Texas Tech teams and all those Mike Leach teams in the past like. It's gonna be a fun team to watch, and obviously, again, personnel is what it is. But yeah, it's just, yeah, I just feel like this offense is just very—it's worse than stale.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, it's putrid right now. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, um, September of course didn't go according to plan for Purdue, but October mm-hmm. was a nightmare, and we knew it was gonna be tough with yeah. only having three games. But it was a nightmare, and now, I mean, you could if you somehow grab this one Saturday, you could make it a November to remember for sure. Right. But, um, I would still take three out of four just to get some momentum going into the off season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Can't, can't get any games back, unfortunately. Um, and injuries keep piling up. OC brothers out for the year, according to Ryan Walters. And so is, um,
0: Musa, Musa,
1: who was questionable going into the Nebraska game and aggravated his injury. So three starting linemen out, mm-hmm. um, I mean tackles so bare at depth right now, um, but so the, so they're working with what they got. But but man, I just I don't know. I was just real frustrated. I'm still not over the loss Saturday. Just just uh, just frustrated. I'm probably not as frustrated as I was in the Iowa loss, just because yeah. Iowa can't do anything on offense. At least Nebraska mm-hmm. can do a little bit, um, but definitely leaves. Definitely leaves a sour taste in your mouth. Just how the West is this year. I mean, right? Just a big old cluster, and <laughs> us as the defending champs, we're not. We're not in the mix. So, right. Um, I mean, I think on our on our previous shows here, I think we both had us going six and six. Mm-hmm. So we still could be pretty close to that, if some chips I fall floor the Boilers' is way, over but...
0: four or five. I think I said maybe floors, is, is which I'll see. Yeah, I think we can be a little
1: better than that. <laughs> but I
0: just hoping for it.
1: I know. I know. Um, I never, I guess would imagine possibly only two wins, but mm-hmm. I'm still not going to compare Ryan Walters and staff to Hazel and company. I'm not going to do no. it. I'm not going to do it. And if you want me to do it, he's already better because he's got two wins already. First year. In Hazel right. on one. So there you go. I'm going to squash that right there. I mean, time will tell. We're going to have to give it some time to sort out. And I know things, don't get any easier with the additions of Oregon, Washington, USC, and UCLA. I understand that, but um it is what it is. Purdue cannot mm. do anything about that. Um, it's all about the money. It's all about the Big Ten Commissioner wanting to make do the do the best thing or the best thing in interest for the Big Ten. So that's what he did. Um I mean, I look at it this way, yes, it's gonna be tougher sledding to get six, seven, eight wins, nine wins, whatever it may be but uh, at the same time a lot more opportunities for upsets too mm-hmm. um and, and and better chance for recruits in portal i mean you're going to pretty much have a big game week in week out so so yeah um any more thoughts from from Saturday's game i know we didn't go real in detail <laughs> but it just yeah I mean, I it was sure. pretty much a synopsis of Purdue couldn't take advantage of uh forcing nebraska into four turnovers and mm-hmm. And Nebraska took advantage of Purdue's turnovers. So,
0: yeah, not a whole lot to add to it just yeah, It's just been d- disappointing. Just kind of just been the yep.
1: <laughs> team all
0: month. But Yep.
1: Yep. And next up, uh, the opponent coming up Saturday for Purdue at 7 30 on NBC National Primetime Television. It's a trip to the big house to face uh, well it was number two in the polls, but tonight the uh, playoff polls came out and they're number three. Either way, two or three, who cares? A really good team in the Michigan Wolverines, a team that historically has not been kind to the Boilermakers. No. Um, all time, the series is 14-46 and 46. <laughs> going to Michigan. Uh uh, record at the Big House, Purdue is six and thirty-one. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised they've played against each other at the Big House thirty-seven times compared to only twenty-three times in Ross Eight, which yeah. produced eight and fifteen. Uh, Purdue has lost their last five meetings, uh, including the the latest being in the Big Ten Championship last year. Luke soil 43 to 22. Uh, 2017 was the meeting before that last year. I was 28 to 10 in Jeff Brom's first year. Before that, you got to go back to Danny Hope, 44 uh, 13 loss at home in 2012. And the last trip to the Big House was on October 29, 2011, in which uh, Danny Hope and company lost 36 to 14. Purdue's last win in the series was in the Big House on November 7th, 2009. Joey Elliott led Boilermakers, went up there and beat Rich Rodriguez 38 mm-hmm. 36. Um, it is pretty fascinating. Out of the 14 wins for Purdue in series history, the first three were double digits. Ever since then, the last 11 were single-digit victories over Michigan. So the the (laughs) wins they have had are always close. Always close. Uh, I know your dad has spoke on some of these in the past. Um, I don't remember if it was 76 or 79 uh, Purdue won in 76, 16-14, and one in 79, 24-21. It um, was, uh,
0: might have been the, yeah, 79 maybe he was at. I think Michigan was like number two in the country or something. Yeah. Crazy like that.
1: Um, Also beat him in 84, 31-29. Um, then didn't beat him again until 96. Jim Coletto, I think that was his last victory as Purdue head coach. Nine to three. Win. In, in, in an arbor, you know. wow, and then uh, Drew Brees everybody remembers the Travis Dors, Drew Brees game in 2000, <sighs> 31 victory, and then uh, Purdue didn't beat him again until 08. Joe Tillers last year it was Justin Siller to Desmond Tardy, to hook and ladder 48 mm-hmm. 42, and then like Ari mentioned, uh, Danny Hope 38 36 victory. So, beat so we back to
0: back years, wow,
1: Beat him back to back years. Um, uh, I was looking at this i mean i remember a little bit of 2000 game i was i actually i remember i felt bad that day my dad missed the game to go to my youth soccer league game the only year i played (laughs) soccer Uh, but then so i remember watching the next year purdue went up there in 2001 lost 24 to 10 2002 lost a heartbreaker at home 23 21 um 2003 which is Arguably the most talented Purdue team of our lifetime got just shellacked, thirty-one to three. I, I think that. that was college game day in Michigan. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think it was.
0: I'm thinking of a two four. I'm thinking of because I think two four was the it was like the game after,
1: the right fumble. after, it, yeah. and Purdue lost sixteen to fourteen, and they were driving to take the lead. And Dorian Bryant, freshman Dorian Bryant, just got absolutely lit up and fumbled, yeah,
0: like, heli- like spun like a helicopter. Yeah.
1: In um, 2007, I do not remember. Purdue playing Michigan 2007, but up in Ann Arbor, lost 48-21. Um, I knew we didn't play them in 05 and 06, because back then, in the 11-team Big Ten back in the day, there were teams you didn't play for back-to-back years. And I remember Ohio State and Michigan, 2005 and 2006. They were off the schedule. Yep. It was like, oh, these are the years. 2005 <laughs> didn't make a bowl. In 2006 went to the Champ Sports Bowl. So, didn't take advantage of those. <laughs> We still had to play Wisconsin, so yeah. <laughs> uh, right on cue, like every week. Cameron Day here on Facebook it says Kim Allen looks slower than his ninety-three-year-old grandma. <laughs> no <Another> disagreements here. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Grandma run. That'd be pretty impressive. <laughs> um, but yeah, no Cam. Yeah, no, no, nobody outside of uh, Jenkins, Gordon, or Thieneman, I thought really. Played very well on Saturday, yeah. but well individually, but defense yeah. as a whole played all right. So, no, I, I mean,
0: defense only gave up twenty four points. I mean, theoretically, because because seven of them came from um came from the special teams. So right, right. It's like, I mean, twenty four points. Like in today's college football, like twenty four points is a pretty good showing. Like, yep. you should be able to score three touchdowns. And um, I feel like, but I don't know.
1: He also asked, "Is this year a disappointment?"
0: Um, I mean, obviously not over yet. Um, I would, but I'd say as of right now, yes. Just uh, not even from like a win-loss standpoint, because, like, I mean, yeah, I mean, you could argue like we had a tough schedule, obviously, and you know, um, you know, we haven't had you know the traditional cupcakes, but like. Disappointed just for the fact of like just how bad the offenses looked. Um, mm-hmm. and, if we, and if we had lost these games, you know, going down swinging or like, you know, on a, you know, lasting a field goal, if we'd still had the same record. Um, But, you know, the Iowa game, I mean, I don't give it still pretty. We I guess we had a chance to win it at the end. But, um, you know, had some of those games, like especially this Nebraska game had been a little bit more competitive and just the offense just not looked so horrible, mm-hmm. Um, I would say, you know, it wouldn't be. But just from the standpoint of, yeah, just the – so we have like no idea what's going on. Yeah, that, it, for me.
1: Yeah, I think it's disappointing now. I thought we'd be a little better at 2-6 <clears throat> at, at this mm-hmm. point starting November. Um, and, of course, we have some key guys out in injury and some key positions, but every team in college right. football has faced injuries this year, especially now late in the season getting into November. So I'm not going to use that as an excuse. Um, I still think the defense is starting to get better. I made mm-hmm. that prediction at the start of the year. I thought the defense would be a lot better by – the uh, game twelve than it was game one and I think I think we are seeing that. But the yeah. offense has been in reverse since yeah. since late September, the Illinois game. And I did not foresee that coming. I thought I expect a lot more of the offense. And I expected more of a Hudson card too. Um, yes. yeah yes the line hasn't been great around them and they've been um injured and and the I th- I just figured I knew we didn't have a Charlie Jones or David Bell or Rondell Moore in the wide receiver room even though Deion Burks did pretty well week one. But I thought with the depth of guys and how many wide receivers we had that we could put in a rotation, we, we'd be a lot better in that area. And, and that just hadn't mm-hmm. been the case. Garrett Miller hadn't been the same with his knee. Um, so I would say going into the offseason, the two positions, they really need to hit hard are offensive line and wide receiver right. and in the transfer nope. portal. So – Um, And defensive backs wouldn't hurt to get a few more of those, but that's why he recruited a bunch of those Mm -hmm. in the class of 2024. I mean, this staff has done a good job of recruiting. Um, So I'm definitely not giving up hope. I'm still still optimistic. I still think Ryan Walters will end up being a good coach. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just going to take some time. I mean, there was some people I thought that were a little delusional expecting eight or nine wins this season. Yeah. Um, I just never thought that was going to happen. I mean, it was, it
0: was very easy to buy into just, like, the hype. Sure. And I could see, like, of just, like, hey, you know, young coach, super energetic, like, you know, again, bringing in a quarterback who was playing at Texas. And we weren't bringing in guys, especially a couple of transfers, like, we weren't bringing in guys who were playing at, you know, Ball State or, I mean, I guess we had a couple of NAIA guys, but, like, we were getting in, like, a Penn State guy, you know, some SEC guys so it was like, okay, we're going to mm-hmm. have some legit. Talent, like maybe we could compete, but mm-hmm. yeah, we were, I mean, again, like going back, like we should have, should have known just looking at the, uh, the bowl game last year versus LSU, like yeah. should have known like, okay, this is what, this is what's left over when, yep. you know, your best players are all gone mm-hmm. like either going to the NFL or academically ineligible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so like, it should have been like a time uh-huh. of like, man, we got yeah. a lot to work with a lot. Had a lot of work to do, but yeah, it is what it is. At this yeah, point.
1: it is. Yeah, you're right. It is what it is. Um And you know, it, it just disappoints me. And I know not all Purdue fans are this way. I only see a lot of negativity on on Twitter and Facebook and, and Knucklehead Central and Golden Black, especially. But it does disappoint me to see so much negativity around the football program to where mm-hmm. it seemed like, and I. I don't know how to say this. I understand the hype around basketball. Don't get me wrong. We're all excited about basketball. But it was disappointing how many people I think didn't even watch the football game Saturday and just watched the basketball scrimmage instead of watching both or maybe watching uh, football and then basketball. Um, Because, yes, we are a a basketball school right now. And historically, I think probably more of a basketball school, even though I don't think it's as big of a margin as a lot of people probably think. But – I don't want to be known as just a basketball school. I want to be a school right. that's good at both. And mm-hmm. I really sometimes on the best boards feel like some people never want the football team to be good. Yeah, which is,
0: I feel like it's crazy because although I do like consider Purdue a basketball school, um, and again, I mean, basketball is my favorite sport and I. Sure. You know, if you're asked to ask if I had to watch Purdue football or basketball, like if I had to pick one, I'd probably pick basketball. Sure. Um, but I feel like, like, growing up and all that, like, I feel like I, everybody I talked to, like, they were, like, even, like, I think even my dad, you know, they would, you'd, they'd be more excited for football. I, think should, I mean, obviously, there's a lot more that like, goes into it, like, the tailgating and good weather and all that kind of stuff, like, um, and you can't really do that with basketball because it's right. – you know, twenty four degrees in the middle of January in, in middle of Indiana and that's tough and games and there's, are late, and
1: and there's more tickets available for football more tickets
0: available. So yes, it can be more of a family event for football cheaper che- yeah, a lot cheaper. <laughs> a lot cheaper. Um but yeah, I just I, I feel like I I used so more people who were like it was like, you know, basketball, yes, they were excited for it, but it was like they got up for football. Like if it was right. like a, if it was a big football win, it was way it was way bigger than, you know, a good basketball win. Um, right. I think maybe I mean I think part of that has changed now and made a uh, testament to painter and what he's done. Yes. Um, he's definitely raised the level of expectation. I'm not, and obviously it's a lot easier to succeed in basketball than it is football. Cause you've got, I mean, the talent gap in football is <laughs> just a wide margin. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it is a bit disappointing. Like even like, like before September was over, it was just like, it's a basketball season. I was like, okay. I mean, yes, I'm excited for it. I can't wait, but it was just like, come on, man. Like, right. Like I don't want to do this again. Like I remember doing that. Like, I mean, I'm not trying to make like try to make comparison, but the Hazel years it was like right. just, and even then, so it wasn't that great. So it was like God basketball,
1: <laughs> Basketball's basketball down too. too. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: But it was just like God. Like I don't yep. want to like wish it away because yep. it's it's just yeah, I love it so much. But
1: in the sports have changed so much over the years. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is tougher to be a power in uh, football i would say than basketball and Basketball's not easy to get be a power don't right. get me wrong because because unfortunately nowadays it doesn't matter what you do during the season until yeah. march um yeah. it's just because the tournament's that special but um but it's uh where was i going with this kind of lost my train of thought but i don't know it's it, it i mean the sports have changed but yet I don't. Know. I, I just want to be respectable in both. I mean, I yeah. don't think it's that hard to ask. That much to ask. Um, I mean, it was,
0: yeah. I mean, you just think back to again the Hazel years when it was like when Purdue was the laughing stock of college football. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like they were the butt of all the jokes, like, yeah. I and mean, rightfully so. We were yes. awful. Yes. Um, yes, yeah. It's just like, but then you know, again, a couple of years ago, it was, you know, there was that whole thing of like if you're number two, you don't want to play, but like, it was just like even like just that whole stuff. Like, that was awesome. Like, just like just the jokes on you know, Twitter or whatever. like you know, ranked team coming to Ross Aid, you know, yep. watch out or whatever. Like, it was that was so much fun. Yeah, you know, whether or not we won or not, it's just like it was nice to not be.
1: Laughed at <laughs> right, right, and and I don't think in, in, in today's landscape too. I mean, I mean, with college football playoff expanding to 12, I guess mm-hmm. never say never, Purdue could absolutely catch lightning yep. bottle one year and yep. make the playoff. But where I was going with this is we'll probably never see that, right? So, expectations for football will never probably be what they are basketball, but I still think I still think Purdue's a good enough program in destination with the right pieces and places when seven, if not eight games. Um, yeah.
0: It is, I feel like it's, I mean, it's so, and I know we've said this before, but I feel like, and I know I've heard like guys like Boyle Sports talk about it. Like it is like, it's awesome being a Purdue football fan because Mm -hmm. again, we're not expecting a national championship. We're not expecting like, it's like, if we can win eight games, nine games, that is awesome. Like, yeah. Yeah, when we won nine games, including the, the Motor City Bowl. Like, like after that went Music out, City. Like, was Music, City. City yeah. <laughs> Music City, Music City. Sorry, Music City. I was like, this is incredible. Like, yep. like what is this feeling? I felt like I mean, we just it was a meaningless bowl, but yet it was just like we won. Like again, it was that whole like we just won as many games in one season as the whole Daryl Hazel era. Like it yep. was like that was, and I was just like, that's that yep. season was so fun. Um, and it's yep. like and you see it too. Like obviously, like yeah, like we said, like with football, there's more tickets available, but like it doesn't take much to get people excited to go to a game at Ross. Hay. like if you just, I mean, put a good product on the field and don't get embarrassed, like people are going to show up because they just, they just love it so much. Yep. So it's like, I think it's a nice, that's the fun thing about being a pretty fan too. is just like, I talk to my wife who's an IU grad and well, you know, we'll, you know, she'll be watching the game and she's like, and she says every time she's like, I wish, you know, IU football had a better following because, like, you turn on the game, and there's nobody there. I mean, she loved going to games as a student, sure. but like, you, like, there's just nobody. Like, they don't get to support that. You know, a lot like uh, like a school like Purdue does, where people just show up because they care so much. So,
1: right, right. So, uh, I guess, I guess, long winded. Like, yeah, we will have our grievances. We will, we will, oh yeah, we will vent and complain. But if you're looking for a negative Purdue podcast, this isn't the one for you. you- we're, we're more times than not going to be pretty positive. So, um. All right, going back to the Michigan game a little more, uh, looking at Michigan stats, uh, J.J. McCarthy is the best quarterback Purdue has played this season or will play this season. Uh, he's probably the Heisman frontrunner right now, if, if you had to ask me. I mean, his completion numbers are insane. He's 132 for 169 uh, for 1,799 yards, 18 touchdowns, only three interceptions, has been sacked only eight times. Um but Purdue gets to the quarterback about as well as anybody in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. And one of the better teams in the country at that. So hopefully they can get some pressure on him, and maybe, maybe he does slip up and make right. a few mistakes. Um, I forgot Michigan's backup is IU transfer Jack Tuttle.
0: Is he really? Mm-hmm. God, get him in the game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> for guys, he's he's fifteen for seventeen on the year, uh, one touchdown, zero interceptions. Wow! But then then you got you got the two headed monster at running back, Blake Corum, one of the best running backs in mm. the nation, one hundred eleven carries for six hundred five yards, thirteen touchdowns, and then uh, Donovan Edwards six, six carries for two hundred eleven yards, only one touchdown. I think he's been a little banged up this year here and there, but. Um, When receiving, they got a whole bunch of guys, uh, but Roman Wilson leads the way, 27 receptions, 446 yards, 10 touchdowns. Um, Their next uh, closest in touchdowns is their tight end, Colston uh, Loveland. He's got 23 receptions, for 364 yards, and four touchdowns. So those are the guys to look out for, and their defense is really, really good. So least, um, have
0: they still not let an opponent uh, be like first in goal,
1: like ten yards? No, nope, Indiana broke that. Okay. Um and then yeah, I don't, I forget who they played after that. But so, but still not many, still not many. Um, and in and one thing, another thing that uh, is not good for Purdue is they have twenty-one sacks on the year.
0: Oh God! Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, interceptions, they have eleven. Um, trying to th- yards total yards given up this year. Uh, that can't. Be- oh, that's interception yardage. I was like, that can't be right. Uh, let's see if I can find. Uh, yeah, let's go team stats here. I'll still under players. Um, defense, defense, defense. Well, these are all offensive stats. So this is not helping me. Um cool, cool ESPN. Don't give me any defensive <laughs> stats here. Uh oh here we go. Um Nope, it's still offensive stats. Um offensively though, why why we're there, they are they average four hundred and twenty one point six yards per game. Um Yeah, it's not giving me any defensive statistics and I'm not seeing anywhere where but their defense is really good. I I think it's probably the best produced played all year. Um they only average twenty-four penalty yards per game. They have twenty-three penalties total on the season for 198 yards. Turnover ratio of nine. They fumbled six times on the season, only lost one fumble. Hmm. So they don't give you many, many chances. No. And I think honestly, and in, in, in this this point spread is thirty two and a half as of now, which is the highest of any Purdue game I could find dating back to the mid nineties. <laughs> Which is crazy, I mean that we've yeah. never seen a point spread like this. I thought for sure Daryl Hazel wanted be higher, but no um and they were they were about similar to this against Indiana, I think it was thirty four That's just how good Michigan is um yeah. I think for Purdue to have any sort of chance, they have to jump out to like a ten nothing or fourteen nothing lead early somehow mm-hmm. somehow yeah. punch them in the face and see if you can hang on for dear life,
0: yep. Like, even, uh, you have to pick every game. Like, you can't turn the ball over. You nope. can't give up the big play like we've seen Iowa and, you know, Nebraska. You can't give up those home run plays that just take the air out of your – take the wind out of your sails. Like, yeah, like you said, we got to jump out to an early lead and just <laughs> hold on.
1: Just hold on? I mean, you throw everything at them. Get yeah. creative. Do a reverse kick return. Do a yeah. – leave flickering off just everything you got throw it at them. him see i yeah. mean jeff braun would jeff braun did in the big 10 yeah. Championship last year and that's why purdue was competitive two and a half quarters in that game yeah. um not now granted i know purdue had a lot more nfl talent on the offense side of the ball but but so uh so yeah um i do like it's a night game i mean if we're gonna go down <laughs> Go down on national television at night. We've never seen a night game at the big house for Purdue. So yeah, this is I mean,
0: when going back to, our, we've talked about this already, already this year. Like the question was, when was the last time we had a road night game? Well, we got one. Like, well, like, well, well I mean, we got one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we
1: got one. It's uh, it's, this it's big boy football here on NBC and which programming note NBC next week at three 30 against Minnesota, which yep. really surprised me. But I think we're getting into the point of the schedule where, Teams have to hit a certain number of games for Big Ten Network and Peacock, yeah. so I think they're just kind of the puzzle pieces are fitting where where do and because I think I think Fox gets the first pick every week for the noon game, mm-hmm. then NBC for the night, then after that I don't know where it falls. Because yeah. um, I kind of was surprised there were some other games. I'm like I'm surprised that wasn't the 3:30 NBC game. I'm not complaining because I like 3:30 games and might as well be on NBC, but it's just kind of strange because Purdue will most likely not be playing with any sort of bowl eligibility on the line. But Minnesota, on the other hand, could be six wins already and still playing for the West, so I guess that's there. But on top of the 32.5-point spread, Michigan's coming off a bye, so they got two weeks to prepare for this game. But the two weeks, hopefully, will be a distraction with all the sign-stealing allegations, but I have a feeling they're going to be pissed off instead.
0: Yeah, I don't think uh, <laughs> pretty is going to be the reason they win
1: this game. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, but it is interesting. All these allegations—they keep getting deeper and deeper into this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: when it first came out, I was like, okay, like everybody, does. like I guarantee, like I mean, not everybody does it, but like you know, what I mean, like like the big boys do it. Like it's they have to at this point. like to get an edge in this in today's age. Like, yeah, you know, but the, you have to do something. As, as wrong as it is, but then just kept yeah, more and more kept coming out. And I was like, good, like this is, <laughs> this is insane.
1: And it is kind of strange how Michigan on our hardball. I mean, they, they, they had some good years early, mm-hmm. but they, then they had some it's down years.
0: These are making a lot of sense right now. <laughs> and they, and
1: they weren't meeting expectations at all of a sudden, like kind of overnight the last few years, yeah. like Michigan's back to being one of the top five programs I'm, in the country. Yeah where did this come from? Michigan fans like, oh, see, our page just paid off. Uh, <laughs> so, it's going to be interesting and Michigan supposedly took the contract um, bump to make uh, Harbaugh the highest paid coach in the Big Ten off the table and uh, it'll be interesting to see how this all shakes mm-hmm. out in, in, in up in Ann Arbor at the end of the day. But, um, But before we get into uh, predicting games around the Big Ten, around the country, and then ultimately the Purdue-Michigan game, I want your spicy, bold prediction for Saturday's game. Man. (laughs) (laughs) Um... (laughs) Purdue's winning at halftime. (laughs) I did that for Ohio State and it didn't turn out well, but... (laughs) Ooh, I, uh, I don't know what to do with myself if Purdue's <laughs> win at halftime. We're going to have to get a bag, like uh, give a Sheldon Cooper off Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I like you it. It's spicy. I like that. spicy. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking, you know, just Purdue making a field goal. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think Purdue will get shut out. I think Purdue will score. Yeah. Um, I will go along those lines with you, but I will say Purdue will score first. In the game, that's my. I was gonna spot. say something like that. I was like, eh, "It's not probably dumb. spicy enough." <laughs> but hey, yeah. when you're a 32 and a half point underdog, any lead will take it. So Purdue scores first. I'm not even saying if it's gonna be a field goal or a touchdown or a safety. Purdue scores first. So <laughs> uh, let's look at games around the Big Ten. Um, we got a full slate this weekend. Got. Uh, Wisconsin 5-3 and three at 2-6 and six, Indiana. This game's at noon on Big Ten Network. Wisconsin's a 9.5-point favorite. So, if Indiana wants to make a bowl, it has to start Saturday and they have to win out. Yeah, I
0: mean, their schedule's somewhat, I mean, pretty favorable. Um, kind of like Purdue. And they have Wisconsin at home. They play at Illinois, who's struggled. Um, home against Michigan State and then us. So, it's like, I mean, it's possible. Um I mean I, I think Wisconsin wins. I mean, you do wonder how Indiana responds. Um what they got blown out by Michigan and then they followed up with the against you know, Penn State. It did look like I mean I know we weren't watching it, but it looked like I, some of their touchdowns, Penn State just completely just blew their coverage like in the most horrendous way to where your guys just into the end zone for eighty yards. Um but they hung in there um on the road too. So a yeah, hostile, hostile environment. In a hostile environment. To do um but i think wisconsin i think i think the cover uh not much i think it could be like between i think it's between 10 to 14
1: yeah i like that i think at the end of the day braylon allen and that rushing attack be a little too much i think mm-hmm. i think Locke will still be the quarterback i i don't think um um Tanner mordecai's back and ready mm-hmm. just yet but he might be in the next coming weeks um Number one in the country, Ohio State, 8 0 at 6 and 2. Rutgers. Yes, Rutgers are ball eligible already. 18 and a half point favorites for the Buckeyes. I think they cover that about, I say they win this game by about 21.
0: I'd agree. Do you think uh, Shiano's up for Coach of the Year?
1: He better be, if not, well, but it is hard when you have two other teams undefeated in the yeah. conference, but. I think I had Rutgers winning three, maybe four games, and they've already I won want, six. It's, it's, so.
0: it's the same, like, thought, Like, if pretty wins the Big Ten this year, do you give Matt Painter Big Ten coach of the year? It's like, I wouldn't because he's like, you know, he met expectations of you know, this last year. I think, you know, he should have got it. Got screwed yeah, screwed out of it. But um, I feel like, yeah, when it's like this, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, I feel like if those guys went, it's like, okay. You're so sort of like, we all knew that, but like, 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 yeah, he's
1: done a hell of a job this year at Rutgers. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. He's chopping that wood, as he likes to say. <laughs> Nebraska, five and three. Three point favorites on the road at Spartan Stadium, two and six. Michigan State, who like Indiana, like Purdue. If they want to go bowling, they have to win out. I like the Huskers here to become bowl eligible.
0: I'm, I'm with you. And
1: they, uh, they're, I mean, they control their own destiny, I believe, in the West, if I'm not mistaken. Illinois, three and five at five and three. Minnesota, Fleck and the boys are one and a half point favorites. So, pretty close point spread here. Mich- Minnesota's not good offensively, but they're pretty good defensively.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think they win a very low scoring, boring game and become eligible.
0: I'm going to go with the Illini and just make a difference. Right.
1: I hope you're right.
0: I heard uh, your other podcast and our friend said Biela's B- B- got an incredible record against Minnesota. Yeah. So it was just maybe was just something in that he's uh, something in the water there.
1: Bird against your Boat Boy should be fun. <laughs> uh number eleven, Penn State seven one at a reeling five and three Maryland team that's lost Dang. three straight after looking really good. Penn State's a yeah. ten point favorite. I think this will be a good game, but I think the Nittany Lions are just too talented.
0: Uh yeah. I yeah, think they let another team hang with them like they did Indiana.
1: And then six and two, Iowa. At like I said, surprising four and four Northwestern. I was a five point favorite. Brian Ferentz in the news this week that he's not coming back. Mm-hmm. I got to wonder if Kirk's going to end up retiring. But either way, That's, kudos to, to Brian for yeah. not making his dad do the something you could yeah. tell he really didn't want to do. Um, you were talking about coach of the year. You can make a case for Northwestern's interim coach yeah. because that team has nothing. Um, they were a mess, and I thought they were going to win one or two games, and they already have yep. four, and bowl eligibility is not out of the question.
0: Nope.
1: And I actually, I think they get one step closer. I think they beat Iowa this week.
0: I was going to say, I think Buck Western gets this.
1: Which, yeah, <laughs> our game in Evanston is not that guaranteed win, <laughs> not that any road game in college football should be, but.
0: Um, it was pretty good about this.
1: three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If we go, and go back in time. Couple top twenty-five games. Number twenty-three, Kansas State four-point dog at number seven, Texas.
0: Texas four-point favorite. I'm gonna go hook them.
1: I think so too. Um, uh, their quarterback, uh, his name's escaping me now. I gotta look it up because he's a backup. Quinn Ewers is hurt. Uh, Malik Murphy uh, didn't play too bad in his first. Action as a mm-hmm. starter against BYU, and they rolled BYU. So, yeah, yeah I'm going hook them, too. I think I think that's the Big 12's best chance to get a team in the playoffs since Oklahoma fell mm-hmm. at the Rock Chalk Jayhawk, who is a legit good football team now. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Texas A&M, 5-3 at number 10, 7-1 Ole Miss, who is a three-point favorite. Lane train, baby. Yep, I think Lane Kiffin gets it done. Jimbo falls to 5-4, and four, which is inexcusable to be getting paid $100 million. Yeah. Number 15, Notre Dame, 7-2 at 4-4 four to four, Clemson, who is not playing well this year. <laughs> Notre Dame's a three-point favorite. This game's at noon, which is weird. This game's usually yeah. like a night game. Right. Um, Dabo's in the news for going off on a fan, which I don't really blame Honestly, him. It's like, good for him. Yeah, like, their I mean- fans are a little nuts. Yeah. Um, I think it's close, but I, th- I think Notre Dame pulls this one out.
0: I mean, I guess I got burned by saying Notre Dame's going to roll Ohio State early in the year. I think they roll Clemson. I mean, they come off a really good win. I mean, a dominant win over Pitt last weekend. Killed like, them. My gosh. Yeah, um,
1: it's not that hard, Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to
0: laugh because I saw the when the college football playoffs – Texted our group about it, and like the preview of the text just showed it, and I didn't see Louisville like in like the realm was like how did I even and I opened it up and was like oh they're thirteen
1: yeah, yeah, I was, like, yeah <laughs> never mind yeah they're thirteen whoops yeah yeah, yeah. whoops yeah. could you imagine though like I I know LSU and Notre Dame fourteen fifty can you imagine them put getting placed in the bowl game Brian Kelly versus Notre Dame
0: oh the storylines
1: oh the storylines. <laughs> A uh, few others around here. How about Air Force? Um, kind of bummed they were twenty fifth in the playoffs because I don't AP. They were up to seventeenth. Yeah. Like they take on two and six Army Commander Trophy, uh, or Commander in Chief Trophy, I believe it's called, between them Army and 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 um, Navy, uh, Air Force eighteen and a half point favorites. They are the best college football team in Colorado. Give me the Falcons.
0: <laughs> Give me the Falcons.
1: Bedlam. Um, Probably the last year for this game, at least for a while, unfortunately, number 9-7-1 Oklahoma at number 22-6-2 and two Oklahoma State. Oklahoma is a five-and-a-half point favorite on the road in Stillwater.
0: I think they get a bounce back win.
1: I do, too. I do, too. But this is one of those that rivalries that, that we've seen over the years kind of unfortunately dissolve due to. Mm-hmm. Conference, conference realignment expansion. Yeah. Uh, that's one. I hope they find a way to keep playing. I'm glad Texas, Texas A&M is going to ramp back up with Texas mm-hmm. going back in the sec. It's just too bad that some of these rivalries are going to the wayside because they yeah. don't really ever replace them with any, anybody else. So, um, Virginia tech four and four, turning turning their season around, which is nice to see from Purdue perspective. They go down and, uh, meet our old friend, Jeffrey Brown, seven and one, uh, uh, ranked 13th, like you said, Louisville, who's a nine-and-a-half point favorite.
0: <sighs> Come on, Hokies, but I think Louisville gets it done.
1: I agree. I think Louisville's a little too talented. Uh, yeah. they think they get it done as well. 7-1, and one, number 12, Missouri, one of the surprises of the year around yeah. college football. And number 2, 8-0, Georgia, who's a 15-and-a-half point favorite.
0: Give me, give me the dogs.
1: I think so, too, but I think the Tigers put up a fight. Mm-hmm. I like I like this Missouri team. So um, Barry Horowitz was on the hot seat. Definitely not the hot seat anymore. No. So number twenty one Kansas six and two at five and three Iowa State. Matt Campbell's turned that season around because I thought he was in trouble for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iowa State is a two and a half point favorite at home. You're gonna be the Cyclones, you're the home team. I'll take the Jayhawks. I'll take the to Be a little different. Couple more here. Number five, eight, no Washington at number seven and number twenty-seven and two USC. Washington three and a half point favorite on the road because USC can't defense this can't is stop a, a nosebleed. Be a shootout.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. I guess I'm glad this game is on at, at seven thirty, and so is the LSU Alabama game because it.
1: I was gonna late. say the exact same <laughs> thing. Away from our game, exact same. Our thing. game start
0: was that our game start first at like 7, 7, 30 Okay, people will tune in for five minutes and then <laughs> change the channel. Um, yep. Give me Washington. Yeah, USC
1: I hope again. we give our everybody a reason to flip over to our game. That yes. means yes. something crazy is going on. I am taking Washington in this game. Um, a college game day, game of the weekend, number 14, 6 and 2 LSU at number 871 Alabama, who is a three-point favorite. I think Bama gets it done and gets revenge on their loss in Baton Rouge last year.
0: I do too, and I hate the fact that I mean it takes a special person to make me like, openly root for Alabama, and Brian Kelly is that Brian special Kelly person. Brian Kelly
1: does that. <laughs> that's, that's what he does to people. That's what yeah. he does. Uh, two more here. Uh number sixteen, Oregon State, six and two. That is a Purdue opponent next year in Corvallis. Uh traveling to Boulder, Colorado to take on the four and four fighting Dion prime times. Uh Oregon State's 13 and a half point favorite. Give me the Beavers. Yeah. I think they except, except Dion had a big pep talk with his linemen yesterday and said now they are more ready to go now than they ever were this After year. After he said, We're work. getting all new linemen. <laughs> yeah. That's that that works. Yep. If I was one line, I'm, like, I'm not blocking for your son anymore. Not that we're doing a good job, right. anyways, but I'm not blocking for your son anymore. And lastly, a future Big Ten member, number 19, 6 and 2, UCLA at surprising 5 and 3, Arizona. Uh, UCLA's a two and a half point favorite.
0: Yeah, give me UCLA.
1: You know, I'll take the Wildcats. There you Why go. Why not? Why not? They are, uh, I've watched them a little bit this year. Pac 12 is awesome. It's awesome football conference this year. It's, it's too bad for them that they uh, didn't take the TV deal from the networks when that when they were offered. But eh, so be it. So
0: speaking of UCLA, this is changing gears to basketball. I saw a tweet um, when it plays their exhibition game or whatever. I think it's the first game they're going to play without Tiger Campbell since like twenty eighteen. It was like it's like over like two thousand days.
1: <laughs> Unbelievable. One of those guys that was there for a decade, literally. Yeah. Um. and now Purdue Michigan score prediction 32 and a half point spreads 730 NBC 8 mm. no Michigan against uh, 6 or 2 I wish it was 6 and 2 2 and 6 <laughs> Purdue Um. over before, under 58 and a half before I make my prediction my hope is Purdue fights their ass off and is competitive I don't want it to be even Ohio State it was ugly but they still fought for a little bit. It yeah. just didn't help. A a tor- field romantic- goal, you you field goal. could
0: argue like the end. They were putting, you know, the scrubs in. Right, right, still, yeah. right.
1: Um, I think Purdue covers. I, I'm, I'm picking Michigan, unfortunately. I just, I, I mean, I got to hope I'm wrong. Uh, I might have to streak around my neighborhood if I'm wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am going Michigan-
0: 38, Purdue 20. Okay. And my hour was a little worse. I was doing a Michigan 41 to
1: 14. You could easily see that too. So, yeah. it really, nothing would shock me. Yeah. Nothing would shock me. A 56 0 wouldn't shock me, to be honest. I hope <laughs> I hope it's not that. But just, and you know, I, I know I'm a sicko when I shouldn't be excited for this game at all. And I'm still excited. I'm going to be excited yeah. all day Saturday to watch the game Saturday night. I know I have problems. But that's why we're here. That's why, that's we, why we do here. this. Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, flipping gears for a little bit as we get ready to wrap this up. Uh, Purdue basketball team season technically got underway in an unofficial uh, exhibition, if you will, for a good cause, for charity, that uh, for the – Tornado victims and all the tornado damage that happened in Arkansas this past year. So they went down to Fayetteville and played at Arkansas from a sold-out crowd on Saturday. Uh, came up short, lost to the Razorbacks in overtime. But uh, hearing Matt Painter on John uh, Rothstein's podcast today and then hearing him on the first Matt Painter show yesterday, he thinks there's a lot of positives to come out of Saturday. So uh, what I like about it, which I didn't realize until looking at schedule today, um, we don't have a true non-conference road game.
0: Yeah, all the so, uh, tough teams we play are either we have them at Mackey, or it's or it's a neutral site. Whether we right? have Maui or we have Arizona, uh, Gamebridge Fieldhouse and in Indy,
1: and Alabama um, up in Toronto.
0: And I forgot about that one. Yep. Um. Yeah, I mean it's the. Usually I'm like, hey, I mean they're great games, but you like to have like that one, you know? So I mean, I guess we're not not as young. You know, last year was probably more. Important to have those guys have a a true road game to be able to, um, uh, to kind of get acclimated to like a, you know, a crazy environment before they go to a Breslin Center or Assembly Hall or, or you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, that, that, cra- that's from all what it sounded like, that crowd on Saturday was insane. So it's pretty awesome that they got, you know, kind of got a taste of the road life, um, against a good team. Muscleman's a good coach and athletic team too. That was, a uh, Probably gonna be one of the more athletic teams we face all season,
1: yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to find if I can find a box score anywhere for this game. Um, uh, I know Zach Eady was in foul trouble, yeah, I think he only
0: played 20 minutes in regulation. I think he played 24 minutes total, so but 20 in regulation. So the fact that you know went to overtime with our best player um, rain national play of the year, only playing half the game. Um, that gives me confidence that, you know, TKR and, and, and the boys can kind of hold down the fort. While if Edie does have to sit for whatever reason, um, obviously I hope he doesn't have to just because he affects the game so much, but um, sound like Fletcher played really well. Um, mm-hmm. I think him and Brighton did a good job driving. So obviously last year it was, either three or post possession, so it was nice to have some guys that can get to the hoop. Same with um with Lance Jones. Um sound like he might have had a little trouble shooting the ball, but again, that's a he super, was two for athletic, eleven. Yeah, they were super athletic team that were playing. Um, but he did start. He did start, yeah, started at the three. Um yeah, I mean I wasn't really like I said I something I was kind of like kind of hoping, or not hoping, but I wasn't upset that we lost or kind of glad. So it's like it gives a chance for, you know, not that they have a reason to be like to kind of be feeling themselves because of how last season ended. <laughs> but, you know, you, you get, you know, preseason ranked number three, you know, all this, you know, uh, the things that are the preseason actually start rolling in about, you know, you know, Z Ed's already a, you know, preseason, you know, all American, Big Ten player of the year, all that kind of stuff. So, like, kind Of having a loss of in quotations to at the very beginning kind of gives a right. chance I think, for Painter to have a chance or gives him an excuse to uh get after him in practice,
1: yeah. And it just makes me laugh. I, I told you guys the message boards were going to be up in arms if Purdue lost this game and oh, yeah, up in arms already. I'm calling Matt Painter Mr. March and all these things, which they're not gonna go away nope. until Purdue eventually gets over that hump and gets to a final four. It's just, just that is what it is, and I've come to accept it. But um, but yeah, I'm glad to, glad they, they got down in a hostile environment and played a really good team, who should be All good right. throughout the year. Got some good experience. Took a crazy three pointer from the sounds of it by Arkansas with 26 to go to put the game in overtime. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I'm glad Purdue played in Arkansas, played with a structure to whereas some of these other exhibitions, it was you can foul seven or eight times.
0: Yeah, I think like Malik Hall had like 12 fouls in this game against Tennessee. In their loss, I thought it was a joke until I was like, oh no, they actually don't have a foul limit in this game. <laughs> like,
1: <but>. yeah, <laughs> Illinois lost to Kansas. Illinois um, beat Kansas. And that's what I'm at. I yeah, right. definitely, yep. So so a lot of top teams went down in these games. It's, think, it's no big deal. I think the top five preseason
0: teams all lost their uh, exhibitions, which is pretty funny. Did Duke? Yes. I think that I saw that some of those they? they lost. I think they lost like Michigan or something
1: interesting. Okay. Like it was something yeah. Like so, so it's, I mean, Louisville lost to a division two school. So um,
0: Yeah, could be worse.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Indiana was down at halftime to UND. I know they end up winning going away in yeah. second half and, and I shouldn't say anything. Grace College coming in um, coming in tomorrow night mm-hmm. um, to Macarena, Arena and they're ranked number two in NAIA, so I shouldn't say anything. They got some players. Yeah, well coached. It'll, it'll be their Super Bowl. So I just when it comes to these exhibitions, you always like to win going away and then come out injury free. That's the main yeah. thing. Um but yeah, the I mean the season tips off next Monday night at home against Samford at six thirty on Big Ten Network, and then they got more heads, more head stay right. Yep, on Friday Friday man. night, which is not televised, which is dumb. And then BTM Plus. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Nope. <laughs> I'll <laughs> listen to Rob Blackman, the boys. Yeah. And then, and then as a tough as they I don't know what Xavier's supposed to be this year, but a good program historically coming in the good following Monday year, yeah. uh, at, at eight thirty against the Boilers. So uh, basketball season is back and ready to go. And we will be doing another podcast this week on Thursday, shooting for the same time-ish, yep. 8, 8, 15, 8, 30-ish, sometime in that in that time frame. Though, we will do be doing our 2023-24 Purdue basketball preview show that we always look forward to doing. Um, mm-hmm. So we will uh, save the rest of our thoughts mm-hmm. on basketball season four for, for uh, Thursday night. Um, but before we let everybody go, we got to let you know who this show is brought to you by. And one of those sponsors is Mad Mushroom. Uh, Saturday night, got 730 game against Michigan. Nobody wants to cook on a Saturday night. Um, and maybe you're not feeling like going out to eat, but if you are feeling like going out to eat, Mad Mushroom is the perfect spot. But if you're not feeling like going out to Mad Mushroom, you can get that delivered right online or by the phone as well. And uh, Mad Mushroom has been serving Boilermakers since 1993. They're located in the heart of West Lafayette, known as the home of the original cheese sticks. sticks. But whenever Evan, Andrew, or myself... Go, we like to sit down and have an ice cold beer while trying out their latest pizza of the month, which unfortunately I don't have the pizza of the month for November yet. But uh check our socials tomorrow. I will have those up when Mad Mushroom get those gets those up. But if you're if you're watching tonight and uh you're looking for a late night snack, you can still get their October pizza of the month, which is a pumpkin spice pizza, as a dessert pizza featuring a sweet pumpkin spice pie mixed top with uh, roasted mini marshmallows and finished with walnuts and powdered sugar starting at just $14. So you can um, get yourself one of those. You can get yourself some pizza, some wings, some grinders, of course, cheese sticks. And um, use uh, discount code BREAK5 or tell them boiler the breakdown sent you. You'll get $5 off your order over $20. That's at madmushroom.com. Mad Mushroom, feed your head. And Evan like always has some sharp looking Purdue apparel on, and uh, I'm guessing you got that from this upcoming sponsor.
0: I do. I'm actually uh, wearing the same exact shirt design underneath. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just had it, and it just went away. Um, one second. We we're brought to you by the shop. Shop has been making hometown apparel. Uh, since 2011, started out in the, you know their humble beginnings in a garage, worked the way up to now. Too, they've got two brick and mortar stores. You can also find them online at theshopindy.com. You can find them uh, in person at uh, Indianapolis in the broader area, but also they have one location in Carmel. They make comfortable shirts, some of the best comfortable you know best shirts I own. I love the sweatshirt, super comfy, uh, fits really well. Um, they've got Purdue, you know, deals with Purdue, Butler, Indiana, uh, Ball State, Indiana State.
1: The uh, all wabash, Paul,
0: wabash um, all the schools that matter in the state of indiana um
1: along all the with- ones who aren't too greedy <laughs> <Yeah>, okay <right. laughs>
0: along with some of the professional sports teams Indy 500 Indianapolis indians um great people great people to work with uh, we love having them on uh, and you can if you're i mean Christmas, it's at Halloween's here, so might as well be Christmas. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. We're, we're basically in November, so <laughs> yeah. get um, the shopping.
0: For, get the shopping. Uh, if you got someone in your life that you want to get them a nice shirt or a drinkware or a hat or whatever, um, go online to shopindy.com, use promo code BREAKDOWN, and you get 25% off.
1: You will not be disappointed, that is for sure. And the Purdue fan or any fan that uh, the shop carries their team apparel will not be disappointed for that Christmas gift, birthday gift, just a gift in general, whatever it may be. They uh, you can't you can't go wrong with the shop. So any final thoughts, Webby, as we uh wrap this up until uh until our basketball preview on Thursday night.
0: No, just let's do the opportunity on Saturday. Shock <laughs> the world. Why not? Let's do it. Um yeah, looking forward to I mean it's it's always a fun time of year when basketball and football overlap the, for the short period that it does so exciting time
1: let's uh boiler up hammer down shock the world and beat the wolverines
0: boiler up